Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Richard Harris. Hello, everybody. This is Richard Harris, and I want to welcome you to today's installment of the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. So I hope all of you had a really terrific Thanksgiving. I, I know I did with my family. It was a wonderful time of rest, relaxation, remembering God's blessings, and just having a good time with, uh, with our loved ones. I hope you experienced that too. You know, Thanksgiving is uh, one of the greatest American traditions, and you know, it goes all the way back to those people who came to this land for the sake of religious freedom and for the sake of building a Christian society. And so uh, Thanksgiving is a wonderful time to remember that. Listen, we've got an amazing show uh, lined up for you today. I have a really special guest who I'll introduce in just a second, but I have so also some important announcements I wanted to share with our audience today. The first thing is, um, this is brand new, hot off the presses, is this coming December 5th, December 5th in Washington, D.C. at the Museum of the Bible, uh, our, our friends and allies at the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, head headed up by uh, former Arkansas State Senator Jason Raper, uh, are holding an awards banquet uh, there at Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and they are going to be giving an award a leadership, lifetime leadership award to Andrew Womack. Uh, I am so honored and excited about that, so thankful. And it's, you know, it's just Andrew is so incredibly deserving. And so I'm excited for him and for that. But, you know, I wanted to let you guys know about this because we are working right now on efforts to live stream the event on our social media pages and on our website. I'm not sure, 100% sure the technology is there to do both, but one way or the other, you'll be able to see it uh, on either our social media or our website, one or the other, and it's going to be awesome. We have heard from Senator Raper that, that the new Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, Mike Johnson, is going to be in attendance and is going to share some remarks. So this is going to be an awesome event, one you won't want to miss. Uh, uh, just put that on your calendar, December 5th, um, uh, and, and uh, expect more details soon. We'll be sending out email blasts and other things like that to keep you informed, but mark that on your calendars. Also, uh, first part of December is an amazing time here on the campus of Karis Bible College and at Andrew Womack Ministries. Uh, we have um, The Heart of Christmas, the annual performance of this amazing drama written by Robert and Elizabeth Murin. The Heart of Christmas is a touching, heart-wrenching, uh, you know, inspiring uh, story uh, that parallels the journey of one uh, war veteran and his family at Christmas time and goes back and ties it into the biblical story of the birth of Christ. And it's a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal pageant uh, that you won't want to miss. You can register for this free event online. I say it's free. It may not be free. Uh, AWMI.net, but you can get your tickets there. <laughs> free or not, you can get your tickets, and you won't want to miss. It's an amazing show. But also, I know this one's free, is the live nativity on, on campus at Karis Bible College, December 15th, 16th, and 17th. It's a drive-by experience where you can just uh, uh, tune your radio in and drive through the campus. It's all lit up with lights, and you'll see baby Jesus, but you'll, uh, you'll also see a Roman soldier on horse 
horseback and you'll see horses and donkeys and all kinds of other stuff and the Holy Family and angels and it's just amazing. You won't want to miss. It's a wonderful treat. December 15th, 16th and 17th at Karis. All right, you guys. Well, without further ado, I want to introduce our special guest on Truth and Liberty today. Uh, Pastor Drenda Cassie is an international speaker, life coach, businesswoman and television host. She, uh, she has her own program called Drenda and her own network called the Drenda on Guard Channel. And she's the best selling author of numerous books, including uh, the 2020 book, Fight Like Heaven, A Cultural Guide to Living on Guard, and a new book just out called They Are Coming for Your Children, The Fight We Must Win. And uh, Drenda and her husband, Gary, are the pastors of Faith Life Church, uh, founded in 1995 in um, New Albany, uh, Ohio, and also with a campus in Powell, Ohio. And they are the uh, head of Faith Life Ministries, an international work of God that is leading people to Christ, making disciples, and just making a big impact for the kingdom of God. And we're just so happy and excited to have you, Pastor Drenda, joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Richard, for having me. What an honor to be here. And I love what you're doing at Truth and Liberty, getting the word out. And I love what you're doing there at Karis, having these incredible arts events. I went to it. It was amazing. And I encourage everybody to go see it. Phenomenal production, uh, art to, artistry to the max. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to take back the arts, take back the seven areas of influence because the enemy has invaded them to try to steal, kill and destroy from this culture and especially from children. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we want to talk about the, your latest book, uh, uh, Drenda, but you're, you're exactly right. The Seven Mountains of Cultural Influence. You know, I think most of our viewers have heard us talk about that from one at one time or another, but it's a metaphor that helps us look at all of culture and society. Um, how did you get tuned into that, uh, that concept and how does your ministry uh, attempt to make disciples in all those mountains of influence? Well, back in many years ago when I, or I was an Oral Roberts University student, I heard Bill Bright talk about the seven mountains. Wow. And since then, I've heard people mention it here and there. Um, so back in 2019, uh, we were made aware some things were happening. Uh, my husband had a dream about a web of deceit and young people going into it. He woke me up. In the dream, he heard the word Rosh Hashanah. And he asked me, what does this mean? What does this mean? And so going before we even knew COVID existed, we knew a web of deceit was uh, going to attack our nation and try to take young people. And my husband heard that he, this young man doesn't know what he's doing or what he's going into, but you do warn him. And then the word Rosh Hashanah gave him a powerful, it was like a powerful impact. And he said, he flew across the room in his dream. And then he woke up and woke me up in the middle of the night. So. We knew going into that year, something uh, incredible was happening. So I began to study. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I'm an avid researcher. I always have been, always uh, leaned toward politics in school. I was going to be an ambassador, mm. a TV anchor, or a school teacher. I always leaned toward those areas. I began to study and look at these mountains. And the Lord led me there. Uh, I began to see something that was disturbing, Richard. And that was that they were all working together with a plan. This wasn't. Uh, oh, this happens to be happening in the school. This is happening in medicine. This is happening in the arts and celebrity culture and government. Uh, no, they attacked the family and God because they were using all these other mountains to try to bring us into a great reset, a new world order. And so I wrote about that in Fight Like Heaven, bringing those agendas, exposing especially what they were trying to do with the children and the medical community. Uh, we have nurses and doctors that we're friends with that are in our congregation that we know across the world. 
we began to compare what was happening in other nations. Uh, we have pastors that we work with all over the world and began to see this is a world agenda. This is not something local. Uh, it, it, it's something that has a plan to it. And then after that, I saw uh, the Lord woke me up in 2022 in the early morning, the beginning of the year, and I heard they are coming for your children. Mm. And I began to really deep dive into that. These doctors and nurses were telling me about trans clinics that were popping up all over the nation, what was happening to children. They were presenting in emergency rooms with uh, behavioral and mental issues like we've never seen, suicide rates skyrocketing, particularly in states where very liberal uh, policies that are pushing LGBTQ agendas on the kids. Mm. And uh, just as I began to see all of these areas, the trafficking of children, the pornography, and how one in 10 children are actually consumers of pornography. Wow. Uh, one in 10 consumers of pornography are children 10 and under. When I was a youth leader wow. years ago, uh, occasionally I'd have a young person that was bound by pornography or had looked at it, or maybe lie here or there or some issues. Very rarely were they having sexual relations. But today, children are not only having sexual relations, they're addicted to pornography. They're mm. addicted. They're having one night stands consistently sexual relations, but not just with someone of the opposite sex, but with the same sex. This is, these are things that are disturbing to talk about. And Richard, I don't even, wow. I don't like to have to bring these up, but God spoke to me so clearly that this warning that we must sound and wake up uh, all of the parents, grandparents, and that this is an attack against our nation. Mm. This is not just trying to target the children, but when Hitler wanted to go after uh, dominance, he had to control the children and the children become the gateway to the future. Whoever owns the children owns the future. Right. And that this was a Marxist agenda to try to destroy America, destroy our children, to target them with such perversion, such idolatry, such occultism, that it would actually make them subjects of control by the state. Mm. When you bring sin into someone's life, the wages of sin is death. So if you want to control someone, you confuse, you confuse them. You confuse mm -hmm. them about their nation, their history, education, brings ideologies in, uh, you rewrite, you re rewrite write history, you rewrite mm. history, uh, you do away with heroes. You can see it happening in our media. You can see it in celebrity culture. They're doing away with all, uh, my, my son calls it destroying the cape or killing the cape. They're killing heroes and heroism. Heroes. Yeah. Yeah, so that when you do that, you, you make that nation become just subject to whatever you want to push on them, whatever ideologies you want to substitute what used to be things that they understood as important, foundational belief systems yeah. that were normal. Well, I, uh, Drinda, I, I wrote an article a few weeks back called They Are Coming For Our Children. I was advocating for the church to stop this progress, stop this uh, progression, if you will, this LGBT takeover at the school board elections. Um, and, uh, you know, there really is, there was a video that was, that came out a few years ago by the San Francisco men's choir. 
And yes. this, uh, that was the name of the song, We're Coming for Your Children. And um, they, they said, we're, we're, we're queer, we're here, and we're coming for your children, I think was the line, something to that effect. And, yes. and I think that's in your book, you talk about that. Um, yes. I remember the backlash at the time, uh, and this was, uh, what, maybe six years ago, and the, the, the homosexual community said, oh, that's just a, that's just a parody. That's not real. We don't mean it. How dare you accuse us of that? That's homophobic for you to accuse us of that. And yet today, here we are. Sure enough, they were not kidding. It was real and they meant it. And now we have LGBT ideology all throughout our schools, all the way down to the youngest ages in the elementary school. And, uh, and it really has become an, sort of a horror story that we could never have imagined. Um, yes. And you've studied this at length and your book talks about this. Um, so so sh share with me, what is the evidence, just kind of, you know, maybe the most significant points of evidence to say that this is not just some kind of organic um, grassroots uh, populist movement. This actually has uh, forces behind the veil are instigating this. What do you, what have you found? Yes, it's happening in every sphere of influence. So we have the business economic sphere where you have diversity, uh, inclusion and equity. You know, I call it D-I-E, they call it D-E-I, but mm -hmm. to me it causes businesses to die because they've put mandates on businesses. No longer do they return a profit for shareholders, uh, you know, the stockholder. They now mm -hmm. have a shareholder mentality that uh, this is about the planet and you are trying to protect the planet and it has a green agenda with it. And so mm -hmm. uh, this is being pushed in the business world. They have to get a human, the human rights campaign, which by the way is funded by some people that we already know to be nemesis of our, our uh, republic, and that is George Soros and other globalists. Uh, mm -hmm. They fund this human rights campaign. Uh, businesses get a score. That score determines whether they get future loans, how their business is perceived, uh, all kinds of things that deal with their finances. Mm -hmm. And this is a way to control business. We've all heard about BlackRock, State Street, Larry Fink. These are driving this industry. So we look at the economic industry. We see it there. We look at um, the schools. We know that CRT has invaded our schools, has a Marxist, came out of the critical race theory, came out of the School for Marxism, Frankfurt, Germany. So we know that that is intended to affect uh, the education of students, to see themselves collectively, to see themselves as victims uh, or oppressors. And whenever you have a victim and an oppressor, you create division. Mm -hmm. to get a rainbow coalition of minorities together to see themselves as victims and to see themselves as uh, victims of white privilege. So you divide people ethnically, you divide them racially, divide them male versus female. All these divisions create a situation where a government can come in and control people because now they're no longer unified as Americans around their constitution but instead they see themselves as oppressors or victims. Kids are made to say, I'm an oppressor, I have privilege. Other children are made to acknowledge, I've been oppressed, I'm a victim of racism. Whenever you see yourself as a victim, someone wants to control you. Whenever mm -hmm. someone's trying to shame you to make you feel like I have privilege, I should be ashamed of my work or of my background, you remove merit, 
And now no longer do we try to excel. Instead, we want to just fit in the collective. We just want to be one of the uh, many parts of pieces. And that is a socialist ideology where you don't, you, you less, you're less than now. Everybody has to be less than. We don't have achievement. We don't look at merit, meritocracy to promote. Instead, we look at color of skin. We look at uh, whether you're a male or female. These have been pushed for many years, by the way. This is not an yes. agenda they just came up with, up with yesterday. This was being pushed in the 70s. Uh, women embraced this whole ideology that we're victims of men and that men mm -hmm. are toxic and that we should fight them for the right to kill our own children. And men were silenced because if they dare talk about, well, abortion is wrong. And, and what about the fact that this child is also part of me? They were called you know, racist. Uh, I mean, they were basically the same thing as going in today with racism. Yeah, bigots. They were yeah. yeah, they were bigots. They were, uh, uh, you know, male chauvinist is what we called them back then. And I, th and I think so the word pig was on the end of that. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think they called yeah, us right. male chauvinist pigs is right. what I remember. So, yeah. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So men were silenced. Well, today, uh -huh. the same kind of thing is happening over uh, inclusion and equity. And this yeah. is being driven also from the World Economic Forum, yeah. United Nations, and from our White House. If you'll remember, uh, the first joint congressional meeting that Biden had with the Congress was he signed an executive order for LGBTQ rights and to push that into the military. Uh, human health services was, uh, were put, Rachel Levine, a trans woman herself, himself, whatever you want to say, was put over that to be able to push and to protect LGBTQ youth, to drive it in schools, to cause there to be equality. They call it equity, which mm. is not the same, by the way, as equality. Oh, no, uh, it's, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, uh, let, let's go ahead and put up uh, your book on the screen so folks can see what we're talking about here. Again, it's called They're Coming for Our Children. And the byline is what, Dorinda, on that? Um, the fight we must win, right? So They're coming for your children, the fight we must win. They are yeah. coming for your children. And this is what we've got to first wake up to. Parents don't even know how this is being done on the sly. They yeah. don't know. And it is a fight we must win. If we right. don't win this fight for our children, Richard, we lose the future. We mm. lose our country. Uh, not only that, our children, uh, at, by at large, will lose their faith in God. This Amen. is a spiritual battle. Yes. It's not just a battle for our nation, but it is a spiritual right. battle. Right. And the enemy you, is playing for keeps. And this is a takeover. You know, the whole, the whole uh, LGBT ideology, the whole Marxist ideology and everything, it, it's all anti-God at its root, at its core. It denies essentially that we are made by God for a purpose. It denies that we're designed male and female like the scripture says. The whole, the whole notion that, oh, I'm a boy, I was born in a girl's body or vice versa is just, a, you know, even if that were somehow possible, it would be blaming God for mistakes. It's a, it's a satanic assault on the fundamental aspects of God's created order. Am I right or wrong on this? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. If you can, if you can attack humanity, the basic thing of our humanity, the most basic trait is one that we're created in the likeness and the image of God. And secondly, male and female, he created them. So if you want to get God out of the equation, 
you tell a young person that you're born in the wrong body. I mean, science used to tell us there are two chromosomes, right? XX and XY, which, by the way, is still the case. And no matter what you do to the outside of a person's body, you cannot change the fact that they're XX or they're XY. I'm XX, you're XY. Uh, anything we do to the outside doesn't change that, but they have tried to redefine everything. So science now is even trying to affirm that, oh, you can have different leanings, curriculums like the gender-bred curriculum that mm -hmm. are in schools, uh, the unicorn curriculum, try to teach children that just because they have these parts, that doesn't mean their attraction emotionally, mentally, are those, are, are line up with their body parts. So they're interjecting this very, very early. And they understand that God made children to be moldable. They may not credit God with it, but they know that we mold children. Parents yeah, are to mold right. children and they're very moldable. So you can train them. They're looking to adults to know what to believe about themselves. They're bouncing Absolutely. their identity off of adults. So I call them in my book, Nasty Nannies uh, yeah. and, and Destructive Divas. These, these destructive celebrities are salespeople for agendas and yeah. they are pushing these agendas on children. Schools are pushing these agendas on children. And now hospitals are dangerous places to go where a child presents at a hospital having any mental issue, any struggle, behavioral problems, uh, gaming, violence, whatever could be the uh, contributing factors. No, they look at it as it has to do with the fact that they're trapped in the wrong body. They tell the parents they need to send them to the transgender clinic. The transgender clinic, at least in our state, they're run by transgender people. So what kind of objectivity is there? There's not. And they want to mutilate their bodies, put them on prepubescent drugs to keep them from going through puberty. And to do this all while they're just small children, it's so easy to confuse them. And in schools, they're saying, well, you may... You may be, you know, there's a whole spectrum of things you may be. And they make it sound exciting. You, you know, you might be G.I. Joe and Barbie. That's the ends of the spectrum. But nobody's G.I. Joe or Barbie. They say you could be all these other exciting things. So they create the confusion. Mm -hmm. Then they come along with the answer. And over a million dollars is made per a child. If they follow through with all the drugs, the surgeries, the hormones for life, they'll be sterilized. Wow. This is not only population control, it is destruction mm. of a child's God-created identity. Yeah. So they know they've got to get these children younger because if they're left to themselves, 80 to 88% of the children who have any gender dysphoria or confusion will still choose their sex of their organs, and they don't want them to be able to do that. So in past history, they might have got counsel, they might have got encouragement. They just let them grow out of things. Children play imagination, right. fantasy games. They might see their yeah. brother gets more attention, so they want to act like a boy, or their sister gets more attention. But they would grow out of it, and they know mm -hmm. that. So they have yeah. to target them young and early to get them to explore their gender identity as possibly being uh, all these all these incredible amount of spectrum of, of titles, and they give them fancy and fun names and make it exciting. I know you had Aaron Friday, and I wrote about her in my book as well, uh, and what she went through the horrific years of trying to work with her daughter. I've talked to other parents who've been through horrific stories. I know a, a psychologist who actually sent her child who was struggling over her father's death to a psychologist. She sent her to a psychologist, and they, within 30 days, determined she was trapped in the wrong body. Not wow. that she was struggling over her father's death or that because she had been molested yeah. as a, a small child. So they're just pegging every child that has any emotional issues with transgender. 
Well, I think you were referring to Erin Lee. Uh, we had her on our show. Her daughter was uh, invited to art club after school and came home and within a short amount of time informed her dad, Dad, I'm trans. And it, it sent them on an absolute nightmarish journey of 18 months where they were desperately trying to uh, get their daughter back and ended, you know, even she got so down that uh, she even wrote a suicide note and was about to kill herself. And this is not uncommon because, you yeah. know, um, it, the, the implications from this whole ideology are that there is no God and there is no purpose in life and you're an accident and you'll mm -hmm. never be fully normal, even with all this surgery and everything everything else, you, you know, you, and people know inherently, don't they? Even homosexuals know inherently that they're a male or that they're a female. But it, the thing is, it's all external, isn't it, Drenda? All this fixing and drugs and everything else, it's all external and nothing but Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ, nothing can fix the brokenness of identity that takes place on the inside of a human being. And um, and we that's what we need to stand up and proclaim to the world. Or folks, we're uh, this is the Truth and Liberty live call-in show, and I just we're coming up on a break here in about three and a half minutes. And I just wanted to, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, our special guest today is Pastor uh, Drenda Cassie from Faith Life Ministries in Ohio, and we're just having an incredible conversation here, uh, centered around her new book called "They're Coming for Our Children: The Fight We Must Win." And Drenda, real quick, can you tell our viewers today uh, uh, where they can get a copy of your book? And then uh, after that, I want to remind folks how they can call in with questions. Yes, They're Coming for Your Children is available at Amazon. And also, they are comingforyourchildren.com or just my website, drenda, D-R-E-N-D-A.com. So you can get it at Amazon there. Uh, we've had bestseller weeks, and it's been amazing to see the word get out. Fight Like Heaven as well is the book I mentioned early. Awesome. Yeah. So folks, if you have questions today on anything that we're talking about or comments, or you just want to weigh in on our discussion, please feel free to call in. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Our number is 719-619-2341. And uh, this is the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. Well, uh, Drenda, can you share with us? I, I uh, was reading your book. I did not get all the way through it before today's show. I'm sorry about that. But it is documented with a lot of research. How did you go about researching this book and what was that journey like? for you? Well, part of it started with Fight Like Heaven, and then it kept going. And I got a hold of a manual from a hospital, and I read how they worked around parents and affirming the you know young people with their transgender ideology. I saw all the flags. I started uh, looking at even ideologies where uh, we have a month to celebrate pride and 11 extra days of different individual groups we have no celebration like that for any other group, not for veterans, not for our nation, not for anybody, presidents, but we have that over LGBTQ. And when I began to see the agendas and began to see that this was also part of a World Economic Forum, United Nations uh, global agenda, which by the way, this Thursday, they're coming together to meet for COP28, COP28. It is where 197 nations, Israel, uh, and the World Economic Forum of United Nations will come together and sign a global agreement uh, that is bigger than even the Paris Climate Accords were that Trump got us out of, President Trump got us out of, but didn't put us back in on the first day of office. This is a global seven-year agreement. 
And so when I started seeing these things, I went, oh my goodness, this is part of the climate emergency agenda, which is also being pushed in the schools and on the kids. Kids are committing suicide over climate emergency. When I saw this, I saw this is a wake up call. We must wake up to save our country, save our kids from what is happening to them. So COP28 begins this Thursday and on December 12th, it will culminate with them signing a global agreement where they all come together. They call it a seven year agreement. They announced it back in March on International Women's Day, which wasn't Mother's Day. It was International Women's Day, which is a socialist holiday as well. And mm -hmm. they said at that time, we have 40 weeks until COP or COP 28 to convene. And like a woman in travail, we will give birth to a climate uh, agreement wow. that will save us. There is no security. Wow. They said there is no peace and security without climate security. And every week since then, we've had national leaders, people from the UN, people from governments, the Pope, uh, Charles, King Charles. We've had all of these leaders come out each week and they use interesting, Richard, they use the words peace and security or peace and safety around this 40 week a culmination. Drenda, hang on just a minute. This is too much, too deep uh, to, to just uh, cut you off, but we are uh, up on a, our first break in the program. So if you could just hold on to that thought for a second, we're gonna take about 90 seconds now and share some information with our viewers. And we'll be right back after that. We're talking with Drenda Kasi, pastor of um, Faith Life Ministries in Ohio. And this subject is really incredible, what she started talking about. And we'll be right back after a minute and a half and pick up where we left off. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Andrew has many conferences and seminars around the globe each year. For the latest information on Andrew's complete speaking schedule, visit our website at awmi.net slash events. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Welcome back to the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris, and uh, my guest today is Pastor Drenda Cassie, and uh, I'm just really enthralled by the things she's saying, this conversation. Pastor Drenda, thanks for coming on the show again. Before the break, you were talking about that coming up here in just a few days is going to be the COP28 meeting where they're expected to sign, get this, a seven-year 198 nation treaty, is that what you were saying? Yes, 197, 198, I don't, uh, 197 is where it was when I put this together in the book. I have a whole chapter about prophetic warnings and where we are. 
And one of the agreements that's on the forefront of COP28 is inclusion and equity, so L which are code words for LGBTQ. And so this is part of their sustainable initiatives. So now we can remember uh, Trump went before Davos, the World Economic Forum, and gave a speech about, I'm here to represent the United States of America. And he did a great job representing us there. They said he has to go. 2020, Charles, went, uh, King Charles at the time was Prince Charles, went before the World Economic Forum with his sustainable initiatives and speaking about those. Then later, the Pope came out with a Laudata Si, where he talked about sustainable initiatives and about uh, coming into alignment with global climate emergency and these things. So we have world leaders, religious leaders coming together, all of them a part of this COP28 Congress of Parties, 28. We have mayors from the major cities of the world. They're all bringing, if you will, their offering of what they're going to do to create sustainable initiatives and get us down to almost pre-industrial levels of carbon emissions. And this is the way you control the planet. This is how you bring everyone into a one world covenant. You use land, air, and sea. And so they have initiatives for land, air, and sea. Interesting, King Charles is now the driver uh, of this, this uh, agreement. He's the voice uh, for it. And he will be coming out with five new initiatives uh, and that will deal with each of these areas. And they'll be added as we go down this covenant. At year three and a half, it actually says in the document, they will look at nations and see how they are performing concerning these initiatives and what they're supposed to be doing. So this is to get us into electric cars, to get us in small, uh, sustainable 15-minute cities where we live in, in buildings. Uh, of course, COVID was the beginning of the fears, the isolation, the lockdowns, the control to condition us for some of these initiatives coming. This is not something they just started. They've, COP28 means they've had 28 meetings prior to this, 27 meetings prior to this wow. one. So COP28 is their 28th meeting bringing this together. They will sign a global covenant. They're calling it a global covenant. Are, are, they, Dorinda, are they using the word covenant? Yes, and they're doing it in Abu Dhabi. And there's going to be a spiritual meeting where the three religions, Christianity, Islam, and um, Jewish Judaism will come together at the Abraham Accord building and have a ceremony. Uh, so these are the religions that come, come out of Abraham uh, to actually join together to exist together. This is bizarre. Richard, if you look at it, it looks wow. like it has all the makings of Daniel, uh, where they come together and make this seven-year agreement. And the weird, uh, interesting part is that, okay, Thessalonians talks about um, when they say peace and peace. safety, as a woman in travail, sudden destruction comes. It's interesting yes. that they use a woman in travail as their moniker, as their pictures. They showed a woman as Mother Earth giving birth to her offspring. And this COP28 is to honor Mother Earth. It is to put earth worship, pantheism, on the forefront, as you said earlier, remove God, remove male and female, remove everything that we know of as democracy, republic, freedom, uh, free speech, freedom of religion, and bring it under, because of this climate emergency, we must all bow to this and do what is we're told to do. It reminds me of Daniel. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is biblical. This is a biblical proportions. Well, Drenda, Abu Dhabi there are, happening this week. 
there are so many uh, lines we could take right now. Um, but the first that I'm thinking of is Daniel 9:27, uh, when Daniel says that um, the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for one week. And this one week we know from the Daniel prophecy in nine and uh, chapter 9 and, and later in chapter 12 that the week is actually a period of seven years. Uh, it's not uh, a week like we see on our calendar Monday through yeah. Friday. It's a, it's a set of sevens and it's a seven-year period. And um, the New Testament tells us that um, that after uh, the um, only after the Antichrist or is revealed um, that then they'll say peace and and safety so that's what you're referring to in second Thessalonians and you're saying that's already built into this whole agreement and then like a woman with travail Jesus says that uh, the on the on the the uh, on the Mount, the, the uh, Mount of Olives, when he gave his Matthew 24 discourse, he begins by by referring to labor pains. Right. And yes. so this is all through Scripture and the Antichrist one world government is predicted in Roma in uh, Revelation 13. So it's this has a lot of warning signs on it, doesn't it? It does. If it's not the agreement, it is a precursor to it. Uh, you know, we know that uh, the Antichrist will try to speed up and change times and seasons. Mm -hmm. And this has, uh, depending on what you believe that means, is this a press to try to do this before the great harvest comes in? Someone may say. Others may say this is part of how he's going to change times and seasons by mm. demanding that we go, uh, you know, we bow to these international dictates. But anytime you have the World Economic Forum, the UN, 197 nations, mayors from all over the world of the largest cities, religious leaders coming together, we should take note. And yet most do not even know about this. The agreement will be signed on December 12th. They've been having various meetings throughout the world. Uh, the UN has in various meetings with governments to prepare for this meeting and the culmination of these signatures. And of course, what's going on with Israel, Richard, could mm. actually uh, confirm to many People, well, this is why we need to sign this peace and safety. We'll never have peace and safety, they say, without climate, uh, you know, emergency uh, orders put in place, without us being able to take care of the earth, without the, the new world order that we've heard Biden mention, we've heard, heard other presidents mention over the last uh, years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is really incredible. And um, now, COP28, is, is it a product of the World Economic Forum that we've heard so much about in the last couple of years? Yes, them and the United Nations. Uh, this is, uh, obviously, they're all working in uh, together with a lot of these world organizations, which I talked about in Fight Like Heaven. Okay, well, that's incredible. And, you know, this um, sometimes these kind of discussions, um, Drenda, can make people feel a little bit helpless and a little bit like there's nothing we can do and it's all inevitable and it's written in stone in God's calendar. What, do you feel like that's the, the right way to think about this or is this actually, should we treat this as a, um, you know, a trumpet sound and a call to, to war? I believe it is a call to fight like heaven. It's a call to war. It's a call to say, you're not going to take our children. You're not going to take our nation. You're not going to take the harvest of the kingdom of God. What if people would have said that, you know, back in history, how many other situations we must press against evil. The Bible says to expose the deeds of darkness, have nothing to do with them, but rather expose them, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, it can sound controversial, but the whole idea is these are prophetic warnings. The word of God makes it very clear that God will do 
a quick work. He will use his people. We've not finished our work. No. If anything, we're behind and we need to jump on board in prayer and in action, which is why I love programs like yours, because we have to act. We cannot be silent. We cannot sit back. We need to get involved with our school boards. We need to preach the gospel in our local communities. Our churches must wake up. Our pastors, our leaders stand up for truth and righteousness, get involved. Uh, there are lots of things that we can do to press back. There was a resistance movement in during World War II. I've been to this town of Orador where Hitler marched in and gassed the people in the church. And, uh, you know, only ones that escaped were a few teachers with some special needs children because they knew that they would destroy them. So they, they escaped. They thought they were in perfect safety mm. there. Um, so we cannot trust evil. We cannot trust climate and global agreements they're making. We only trust the word of God. But I love how God always raises up a David uh, to stand up, a Daniel to stand up in the a lion's den, a David to take the slingshot and take out the giants. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Mm -hmm. uh, God raised up a, um, a Deborah to, stay, to say to uh, Barak, you know, we must go to war. We must go and fight this evil that uh, caused village life to cease. And she arose to the battle. Uh, JL was heralded in the scriptures as a great woman because she took out the captain of the army, Sisera, by Sisera. driving a tent mm -hmm. pegged through his head with a, a hammer. We can say, well, that's violent. And we have so many churches that are yes. saying, we can't talk about these things. Right. But these are people in the Bible that are heralded as heroes because they stood up against politi political oppression, political oppressors. Uh, we have Esther who had to do the same thing. She had to speak up for her people. This yeah. is the time for the people of God and the church to have its finest moment. First, we wake up, we hear the trumpet, we see the times, we discern the times we live in, they're perilous. But this is our hour to be heroes in the kingdom of God, to Amen. fight for the kingdom, to win children especially, because what, how orphans and widows, pure religion is to take care of orphans. We have a whole culture of orphans, children that are being exploited, Yes. by schools, by hospitals, by celebrities who are the salespeople for these agendas. Uh, we have a whole uh, culture of children who have been neglected, even sadly by parents. They're getting pornography on their parents' devices. They're being exposed to trafficking, sometimes sadly by parents, horrifically. We've never had more suicide, abuse of children, violence against children. Obviously, abortion was the, was the opening, the floodgates of that. Uh, and if children live past that part, then they're targeted in their life. There's uh, money being made, commodity of children. You know, they become the commodity and it's, it's horrific. It's heart-wrenching. So it should stir every parent, every grandparent, every pastor, every leader to say, no, we are gonna stand up and fight. Moms, to be the Debras, to have a yeah. mom's fight club. You know, I have Drenda's fight club where moms are, are we're, we're saying, this is what you can do. There are things we can do and we must do in this hour. Well, well Pastor Drinda, you're, uh, yours and Gary's church there, um, Faith Life, um, when did you guys as a, as a congregation begin to wake, uh, awaken to the need 
for, you know, not just traditional forms of ministering the word and discipleship, but to culture engagement, right? Where, because churches, the, the local church can make a huge impact in its community. And, and if, we, if we had pastors and churches all over America waking up to the calling to, to engage the culture with truth, uh, we could turn this country around. That's just my little yes. uh, soapbox. But what, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey as pastors, because I think this is a critical need in our, for the body of Christ today is for pastors to change the way they think about the Great Commission. Yes, as my own personal story affects, all of our personal story affects what we believe and what we've seen. I was that young girl who we didn't attend church uh, except for Easter or Christmas, and I was indoctrinated by the school. I was pulled and put in special program challenge classes and governor's honors classes where they start grooming uh, what they say is their young and brighter students toward their agendas. So again, they play a long game and that impacted me. I got involved with the feminist movement, the abortion movement, uh, drove those things. I was used as a voice as a young girl for their agendas. And then I got to the place where I was miserable and suicidal myself, mm. cried out to God and he was there for me. He answered my cry and transhumanism, transgenderism, Feminism, all of these are just Marxism. These are all movements to try to answer that cry on the inside us that only God can answer, only Jesus Christ can fulfill. Uh, these kids don't need a new uh, gender. Uh, they don't need a new name. They don't need a new pronoun. They need a new identity in Christ. They need Amen. to become born again. This, is, this whole transgender ideology is a counterfeit for the born again experience. Yes. It's, of course, we all want something new. So our church began to preach salvation. I, as a new mom back in history, getting born again, then meeting my husband at Oral Roberts, getting married. It was very important to me to raise godly children. We have five children, 12 grandchildren. It was very important to me to raise my children the way God's word said. So I, I got a hold of the word of God and I would just study it and study it. Lord, how do I raise these children for you? What do I do and how do I do it? Uh, that led me down several paths to home educate our children. Uh, out of five children, none of our children rebelled against God. Didn't mean you don't have bumps in the road, but they didn't rebel against my husband and I or God. And that told me something that even though we're not perfect, God's word is, his ways mm -hmm. are, and that um, the enemy had targeted children through other institutions that we didn't use for our children. And that made such a difference in our life to uh, pull our children aside, to protect their hearts, protect their spirits. Uh, Satan is targeting them, spirit, soul, and body. And so is this whole transgender movement, the Marxist movement. It is trying to target their spirits, uh, you know, just target their bodies, take their identity, take their ability to reproduce children. Satan mm -hmm. hates children. We know that. He hates you and I. So our <laughs> church embraced those things. We spoke up. We oh, spoke up awesome. in elections. We talked about uh, issues, abortion. We talked about issues uh, that each candidate stood for. We stood up in the pulpit and said, I said, as a woman, I could never vote for Hillary Rodham Clinton. And this is why. And yeah. so we've stood up. Uh, has Have some people not liked that? Very few, but some, yes, because they misunderstand. But we've had those people circle back now mm. as they've seen mm. these agendas, as we've been honest, as we've been truthful, as they see our heart is not to try to, it's not political, it's moral. It's mm -hmm. moral. Mm -hmm. It's God's word. And we have yeah. to speak up. 
Well, you know, we've got, uh, I, I launched on our website in our resource center, uh, pastor's resources page. And uh, one of the, on the on this page, we have links to uh, various resources that can help pastors begin to stand up, to lead their churches, uh, to stand up, to engage the culture, including links for starting a culture impact team, where the pastor doesn't have to do it all, just needs to tap someone who's passionate about this area. Biblical citizenship training, worldview education, um, uh, the history of uh, Christian, um, you know, the Christian heritage of America, which is very deep and very rich. And then, uh, you know, legal guidelines, because some are concerned, some boards, church boards are concerned about the law and taxes and stuff like that. Believe me, pastors out there, you can do everything you need to do to make your church a mighty impact uh, force in your community without worrying about the IRS. You've got plenty of room. But I hope any, any pastors or, or, or anybody who's got a pastor that's listening would check out our pastor resources page. We'll Pastor Drenda, we have a couple callers on the line, uh, and I'd like to uh, start going to those now, if you're ready for that. Um, sure. And uh, just again, for everybody who maybe just is tuning in, um, our guest today on Truth and Liberty is Pastor uh, Drenda Cassie of Faith Life Ministries, and uh, she's got a new book out. <clears throat> the book is called They Are Coming for Your Children, The Fight We Must Win. You can get it on Amazon or on our website. And let's put her website back up there. Yeah, drenda.com. And uh, I, I'm about... Uh, a third of the way through it, and it is so far an excellent book, and I highly encourage you guys to watch it. Now let's go to our, our to read it, excuse me. Let's go to our, our callers. I want to go to Donna, who's a Truth and Liberty and Andrew Womack Ministries partner calling in from Texas. Donna, thanks for calling in today. What's your question or comment for Pastor Drenda? Yeah, thank you guys. I mostly have like a comment or something. You know, I was thinking about all this, and you know, that why, why was it so slow for Americans to get in tune with what's going on. And I was thinking that for many years, most Americans thought people are good. Overall, people are good. But now maybe they're starting to see the evil, that people are not good. And hopefully this will wake them up because it, it, it upsets me so much that the left you know, the the homosexuals, the Marcus, they're working at this for years. And the Christians just kind of moseyed up to it. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so are people beginning to wake up in America, Pastor Drenda? Are people beginning to see uh, the evil for what it really is? I do believe there has been a wake up and more people are aware and are questioning what is going on. I do think, Donna, you're absolutely right. To the pure, all things are pure. And so we don't see people through those eyes. And when homosexuality kind of became a thing in the culture, the 70s, a lot of Christians took the stance, well, well, you know, we'll, we'll be nice to them if they're nice to us. We won't bother them. What everyone wants to do is okay. Live and let live. Well, we can't take that ideology because what happens is when we say you can do anything you want to, whatever pleases you, whether it's right or wrong, eventually is going to affect other people. And that's what happened. Young people were targeted by the homosexual movement. Uh, pedophilia became a serious thing. We have more of a pedophilia problem, which leads to homosexuality, which leads to transgenderism. That the fallout we're seeing is that the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we invite death into our culture, we embrace it. We say, love is love. 
No, love is not love. God is love. What they're pushing in the name of love is not love. It's lust. It's sin. It breaks hearts. It wounds people's lives. And we can't just say anything someone wants to do is okay, because at some point, if you want to murder someone, is that okay? If you're a murderer, if you're uh, a pedophile, is it okay that you uh, want to drive this agenda to uh, have relations with children and abuse them? No. So this comes back to a sin problem in America and sadly, a church problem as well, because if churches were unwilling uh, to say these things, grace was often peddled in the last 15 years as well, you know, we love people, and so we don't want to say anything that might hurt their feelings. Uh, well, I would much rather offend. Jesus offended because he was looking to try to save them. And if we don't speak the truth, there is no conviction. Without conviction, there's no repentance and there's no salvation. So ultimately, Satan is after salvation. He's after God's redemption plan for people. Every hero in the Bible, every battle we see in the Bible was either political it was political or religious oppression, political oppression and religious oppression, persecution. And so every single battle there is that, is that way. So but many churches were told, no, you can't talk about these things. Mm -hmm. uh, this is politics and churches should not talk about politics. Well, then we didn't engage this morally. So Donna, you're absolutely right. A blind eye was turned to a lot of this. Some of it was done in innocence of thinking, no, people are basically good. Well, that's not true. There's only two kingdoms. You're either in the kingdom of God the kingdom of darkness. You either are taking the path of God and, the, and light and love and his word, or you're taking the path of darkness, which is Satan's path. And the Bible says, choose this day, which one you're going to serve. There's no neutral ground. And especially in this hour. So people are waking up. Unfortunately, not as many as I'd like to see waking up. I'm doing my best to preach it, to teach it, to share, to put myself on the line. But I've even had Christian radio station, TV station say to me, aren't you afraid to talk about these things? Mm. Aren't you getting persecuted? And my response is, I'm not being persecuted any more than any person that followed Christ in history. That yeah. is what this is about. If we're afraid of persecution, we're afraid of uh, being a Christian and standing up for what is righteous, what is moral, what is godly, and especially for children, then are we really living the Christian faith? Are we really following Jesus? He said, they'll, if they loved me, they'll love you. If they hate me, they'll hate you. There's going to be people that follow our doctrine, follow our teaching, and there are going to be people that hate it. Amen. Well, um, we've got about four minutes left in this segment, and I want to encourage all of our viewers, if you've got questions or want to weigh in on this conversation with Pastor Drenda, please call our call-in line, 719-619-2341. Uh, we do have some lines open, and we would love to hear from you. Also, if you uh, need someone to agree with you in prayer today, please call into Andrew's 24-7 prayer line. Uh, Andrew has a room full of trained prayer ministers, spirit-filled ministers, Word of God-filled ministers who are ready and, and able and want to hear from you today. So that number is on your screen, 719-635-1111. And uh, please call in and uh, let someone join their faith to yours. Um, Pastor Drenda, I want to um, ask you next on uh, about the whole subject of CRT. What, what in the world is CRT? I think some people have heard of it, but they really don't understand what it is. They look back and all they hear about in America's past is slavery, racism, and they think, well, yeah, then this is a good thing. We need to face up to what we've done. Uh, but it, do we 
we see that America is actually, our youth are forgetting who we are and all the good things that we've done and the righteous cause for which this nation was founded? Yes, absolutely, Richard. There was a move through Common Core curriculum to, from the federal level, mandate what would happen in schools to get federal monies and to bring CRT. It's, it comes in various names, but the whole idea of race theory comes out of the Frankfurt uh, School of Marxism. And in basically, it's trying to push to students that America is inherently racist that we are an evil nation, that our founding forefathers are all evil, uh, that they all were slave owners and they all are oppressors and that white privilege is uh, across the board and how badly uh, everyone has been treated at the hands of white oppressors. It does not reflect what historically, that there was a civil war uh, fought over racism mm -hmm. and that there were people of all colors, but particularly white people who fought to bring freedom to slaves, that slavery existed prior to America, that slavery goes all the way back to Bible days from the very beginning, uh, actually goes all the way back to Adam and Eve even, uh, when one brother killed the other brother. And yeah. uh, so there, this is a humanity issue. It's not an ethnicity or racist issue. It is an issue where evil, sin, uh, when gi given voice, will try to oppress another person. Doesn't matter. Uh, we can see it in different parts of the world. Uh, it flipped in different directions, you know. So it is an issue with humanity. It is a sin problem. But CRT gets children to say, I'm a white, privileged racist, and I have privilege. And to shame children before they've done anything right or wrong, before they've done anything, if they've never, never had a thought in that direction, it gets them to basically take on a cloak of shame. And at the same time, many, many people of different ethnicities are speaking up against CRT because at the same time, it gets children of color to say, uh, I am a victim of racism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, ha I have been um, subjected to this. I may not even be aware of it. But yeah. I, so now you have a victim and an oppressor, and yeah. now you have division, and it pits yeah. them against each other, just like uh, the LGBTQ agenda. Uh, schools will tell a child, you're trapped in the wrong body, yeah. and then they get mad at their parents because their parents won't let them transition or won't yeah, accept it. Yeah, parents become the evil ones, right. Exactly. Well, so <clears throat> it's, CRT's trying to make an oppressor and somebody to get angry at to cause division. Right. Well, Drenda, we, uh, we're up on our second break now. We've got about 20 seconds left. I wanted to point out that um, classic Marxism, or Marxism used to be uh, just uh, economic division, right? The, the capitalists, the, the ones who own the property and the workers, and pit them against their, and turn the government over into this totalitarian state that's godless. Well, they're trying to do the same thing with every other division they can think of. All right, folks, yes. we're up on our break now, and we're going to be back in 90 seconds. Stay tuned. Uh, we've got some important announcements, and we'll be right back with Pastor at Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, 
to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with Army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. All right, well, we're back now on the Truth and Liberty Live Calling Show. I'm Richard Harrison. My special guest today is Pastor Drenda Cassie. Pastor Drenda and her husband Gary are the pastors of uh, Faith Life uh, Church in, is it New Albany, Ohio? And then uh, Faith Life Ministries. They're, they're authors and, and thought leaders in the body of Christ. Pastor Drenda, it's just great to have you on the show. We're now entering into our third segment here, and we've been talking about everything uh, we can think of. But one thing I want to make sure we touch on is is this whole idea of boys playing in girls' sports. What a twisted thing this has become. What a weird, bizarre agenda. Sometimes I look at this as these so-called trans people, um, you know, males who they can't make it, they can't succeed in male sports, so they, they, uh, they get some surgery or whatever and call themselves trans and they come over and want to swim against or run against or otherwise fight against <clears throat> a biological females. How can any sane person think that that's fair? It's bizarre. It is bizarre, Richard, that they could think this is fair and that there are women that are feminists that are now calling out other women that are feminists and say, you're not a real feminist if you don't acknowledge trans women as women. Uh, and they're calling these women TERFs. You know, it's just a bizarre thing. If we only have uh, female sports, if we, only, if we end up with trans men, trans women, I should say, on these sports teams, we will end up with no sports that are female because we'll end up with male sports and men that think they are women's sports because biologically, the XY chromosome, God designed men to be providers, protectors, leaders. And mm -hmm. uh, there's been study and test after test. And uh, even the two uh, girls that said, we're gonna you know, play tennis against uh, this trans woman and they got whipped, they got beat. It's not biologically fair to pit a biological man against a woman. And for feminists not to fight after all these years, to fight for female sports, to fight for women's rights, to have equality. What happened to that now? Now all of a sudden, a trans woman is a woman and she can, he can compete uh, with women that are biological women and take the titles, the trophies, the winnings, the finances, all of this, the scholarships. Uh, we've never seen such a twisted, confused, uh, thing happening. And this is confusion. This is a spirit of confusion. And the Bible says where there's confusion, there's every evil work. That is their goal, their plan uh, to it's create like, confusion. It's like they're demanding a cult-like 
uh, obedience to their kind of whacked out ideology that has no basis in common sense or fact. Um, yes. There was a, the swim team at Roanoke College in Virginia uh, last week um, protested because they, a trans swimmer from the men's team, uh, a guy who couldn't you know, do very much on the men's side, decided he was gonna be uh, a, a woman and comes over onto their team. And, and the, the girls on the team are saying, we, this isn't fair, he's gonna dominate us, we don't have a chance. And the news reports say that the girls are on the team are saying that they feel unheard, that they feel uh, unsupported and betrayed by school leadership and by the NCAA. And, yes. and you know, it, it, it's, it's like they're saying, you know, what about all the women out there whose rights are being trampled on? They now will have nothing because these biological men coming in with, you know, um, male bone structure, male muscle mass, <clears throat> and a lifelong, or, or up to that point in their life, at least on testosterone, are gonna now compete against women. And they, they, it's, it's not gonna be a contest. It's bizarre, it's crazy. We, we don't even, we can't even explain how darkness can come to these conclusions except for it is darkness. And it's all, all common sense out, out uh, the window. Even believe, people that are not believers, Christians see there's something very wrong, which is an opportunity. It really is an opportunity. All of these things are presenting opportunities for us to yes. preach the gospel, for Amen. us to remove politicians that we need to remove. Everything that's been hidden is being exposed and we are getting to see it play out before us. And that is an answer to prayer. Now we must act. We must remove these people from school boards, from political office, from uh, being the president of these organizations, from the NCAA, all these, all these organizations that are shaming the Riley Gaines, uh, who are saying that you don't have a right to speak and you don't have freedom of speech. Bizarre. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. uh, since when did we have media controlling every, every narrative? I even just got uh, dinged last week by YouTube just by actually having a doctor on my program, Drenda On Guard, who shared statistics from research and they took it down. Yeah. Uh, this is, when have we ever seen this? They're controlling it's, the narrative. It's not about truth, is it? It's not about truth and it hasn't been for longer than we can even want to realize. It's not about truth, it's about power and adherence to their worldview and, and ideology. So mm -hmm. um, it, that's, yeah, YouTube, we had to suspend our work on YouTube because we were in such danger of losing our entire channel. But um, Drenda, we've got a caller on the line that um, uh, has been holding for a very long time and I'd like to go ahead and take that call if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, I'd like to go to Frank from Missouri. Uh, Frank is a faithful watcher of Truth and Liberty. Thanks for calling in today, uh, Brother Frank. What's your question for Pastor Drenda? Uh, I'm so grateful. You guys always make my day. Yeah, thank the Lord. Uh, better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. Uh, God's able to make all grace abound towards us that have it all sufficiency and all things that we might abound unto every good work. And better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy. Uh, you know, all those three scriptures just came to me while, while y'all were talking. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah my, 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 my question, uh, uh, and I'd like to ask, uh, is, is, did her husband write a book about uh, eight years ago on finances? And really, my question is around the, the it's, it's ironic that you were talking about the number 28 there, that uh, I, I wanted to ask about uh, the 27th and the 28th principle of the Constitution of the United States, that the 28th 
the, the 28th principle is manifest destiny. That's what, what's happening to us because of the 27th principle that we're not, uh, uh, we're not participating in it correctly, which is, which is right along the line of what the sister's talking about. Uh, 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 we, come on now, help me out here. Uh, what's the, Frank, what's the 27th principle, and then what's your question? Yeah, the 27th principle is don't leave a debt to your children's children. And so the question is, is this leftist agenda uh, increase the national debt of $33 trillion? Good question. Absolutely. Absolutely. You cannot destroy the greatest nation on the planet without enslaving it to debt because the borrower becomes a slave to the lender. And yes, my husband has written many books. He does a program called Fixing the Money Thing. And for... Um, 40 years now, we've been teaching finances, talking finances. We tried the world system first, and then God showed us his system, and we've seen people get out of debt. And we've been uh, declaring that to churches, to individuals for many years. The borrower is a slave to the lender. And so you can see Washington, D.C. right now, they've taken energy independence from us. You take energy from a nation, uh, there are moves to take our food supply, and there are also moves to take our finances and to move us into digital currencies, which can be controlled just like an election can be controlled with uh, machines that can take fractions of, uh, of votes that can, uh, as we saw in Canada, you can freeze people's bank assets if they don't go along with the government. Uh, we've seen these types of things. Of course, uh, we see this happening in China where China, you know, you have social credit scores and people can't get on transportation. You can't uh, do certain things if you don't do what the government tells you. If you are a flag to someone the government doesn't want to accept. I know this summer, my husband and I, spring and summer, we were traveling. We went abroad and our face became the recognition for our boarding pass. It was our boarding pass, our face. And so you stand in line and it, it reads your face and it dings. And some people were rejected. They could not travel because of the face recognition issue. Then we got to Europe and to purchase clothing, I went into a big store that was having a grand opening. You walked in, you picked the clothes that you wanted and I wasn't aware yet was what was happening to me. But when I went to the dressing room to try these things on, and this is all in the book as well, I stepped in front of a, a mirror. They made me stand in front of a mirror to go into the dressing room. It read my face, I later recognized, and it read what items I had in my hand. Wow. So once I tried the items on, by the way, a mother was having a fight with the attendant because they would not let the mother come back and look at her daughter's clothing uh, to see how it looked on her or anything. So there's no room in a digital world for mothers and daughters and relationship. Then you go to pay and to check out. Before I even got to the table, there's a whole bunch of cubicles. There's no attendant. You lay your clothing on the table and it reads the uh, uh, items calculates it and you pay. And then we had to remove all of the tags ourselves off of the items. Well, two items I had handed to, on my way to the table, I had handed them to an attendant that was in the store and said, I changed my mind on these two items. Well, it still calculated those items and I saw it on the screen. And I said, uh, they've already, you know, you've calculated these into my, my tab and I need them removed. And she just freaked out. Nobody knew what to do because everything was automated. 
I ended up just paying for the items because nobody knew no. how to handle this. So I just bought them mm. and said, okay. Then we went to McDonald's, same exact thing. So I'm just saying we are moving toward a digital currency. We can see the scriptures playing out before us. So we need to be right with the Lord. We need to be doing what we've been called to do in this hour. Uh, we, re we encourage people to get out of debt. And yes, they're trying to destroy our nation through debt, through debt, through destruction of our currency to print more money, to bring down our currency to where it's not worth anything. And that's how you collapse, you collapse a nation. Uh, we were in Brazil and uh, Argentina. Uh, we were in Buenos Aires when their economy collapsed and their um, currency collapsed. So these are things that we're gonna see where we've got some interesting things ahead of us. Hmm. Is it too late to save us? I don't believe so with the Lord, but do we have to give in to these globalist agendas? I don't believe so, but I believe we have to fight and to do our part as a as a the body of Christ and as believers. Uh, thank you for that, Pastor, and thank you, Frank, for your question. So, so Drenda, um, I was uh, speaking with someone today about her concerns about what's happening to our country, and and this this woman is uh, uh, lives here in Colorado, and she's just an everyday American, you know, and but she she does love the Lord. He saved her, and and she's trying to follow him. But she said sometimes it's hard to use discernment accurately when you're listening to the news, and hard to know what is true and what is not true, and what is right. Um, how can people apply spiritual discernment to what they're hearing today and to the events that are going on in our world so that we're not deceived? We must hold on to the Word of God. That is the truth. Uh, I encourage people to read the Bible. If you want to see the counterfeit, you know, they uh, throughout years they have uh, used uh, the real dollars, the real money. You handle it and handle it and handle it enough that you know when you see a counterfeit. And if we handle this word and we're in this word, mm -hmm. that is really more of my research was by the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I would get a word from the Lord in the morning. He speaks to me in the early part of the morning. And then I began to look through the scripture, read it. Then I would look at headlines. So I would say, look at the word of God and then let it tell you what the headlines are saying. Let it tell you. Uh, and don't get your news from the legacy media. Get it from people like Richard. Get it from people who are uh, actually right there seeing and exposing uh, what is going on. People that are willing to put themselves on the line to speak the truth. There are doctors that are telling the truth about what we've seen. There are uh, professors, there are teachers, there are those, but you're not gonna get it in the mainstream media. You're gonna have to look to other sources. I have uh, many apps on my phone that I look at after I spend time with the Lord in the morning, I get a word from him. I see what he's saying to me. Uh, I pray, I open up then what's going on in the day. And it's, I can tell you so many times the Holy Spirit led me to the COP28, COP28. He led me, mm -hmm. uh, when I was writing this book, I said, Lord, is there anything else you want included in their coming for your children? And he showed me the COP28. And I realized, but Lord, what does this have to do with children? What does this have to do? It has everything to do because it's their future one. It's our nation, but also the inclusion equity. I realized it was a global agenda and not just something in a local community because there's a teacher or a principal who lives this lifestyle, but that this it was a, a takeover, a true agenda, that it was happening in the arts across the world, that arts were being used to fund and launder money to drive protests and riots and mm -hmm. agendas. The Holy Spirit 
I picked up a magazine in Europe and I flipped it open. And there I see the artists, supposed artists who are doing digital art and are getting paid $400,000 per art, per piece of digital art. But this same woman, young woman, is an activist who's out in the street starting fires and destroying buildings and destruction. So what are they doing? They're laundering money through art, through taxes, through socialized medicine. These are how large pharmaceutical industry components are making incredible amounts of money off of children. Wow. Uh, you pass legislation. So if you look at it, the pharmaceutical industry is impacting political policy and celebrity culture, and both are targeting children. Mm -hmm. And that makes profits back to big pharma. And mm -hmm. so this is, a, this is an agenda where kids are targeted for money, for sex, for exploitation, and also to control and to demoralize them to be subjects that are easily controlled in a new coming new world order. And this is in the Bible, so we're not to be afraid. I guess what I wanna say, Richard, is I'm seeing a lot of heavy things today because I'm trying to wake people up. And these are the things that are happening that we are oftentimes not hearing or seeing in the media. And yeah. this is what the word of God already tells us is going to happen. But it also tells us to occupy until he comes. We don't Amen. occupy by sitting back in fear, locking ourselves down in our homes. We have church. We invite the lost. We do programs. We just did huge outreaches all summer. Uh, we did a Summer's Almost Over program where we brought in artists and invited young people in. We are going after the kids and the youth. Uh, we've done a program called Fire and Ice, which is a sci-fi fantasy uh, intended to, to bring gamers in. The kids right. that are in the basement, you know, the gamers, the fantasy, the sci-fi, the Star Wars, uh, all of those kids in to show them the gospel through a sci-fi fantasy. Nice. You're doing amazing things there to preach and teach the gospel through the arts. We cannot let Satan take the arts, manipulate them. Uh, arts project the culture. They project the culture's values, uh, what, it, what it dreams of, what it thinks. And it's a way to convey messages and storytelling. And so right. the world system is using the arts to launder money. Look at Hunter Biden's uh, art. Look at uh, the art I was talking about earlier. Arts are a way that you can pay large amounts of money using non-fungible tokens. This is whole this whole system of digital currencies and, and Bitcoin and those kinds of those non-fungible tokens. They're paying these young people to riot. They're paying them to create anarchy. They're create they're revolutionaries and they're using these systems of the world to pay them to do these evil things to break down cultures all over, to break down nations all over the world to bring yeah. us to this COP28 and a new world order. Well, uh, Drinda, let, let's uh, t let's talk about one more thing, if we can, in sure. the time that we have left. We've got about 12 minutes left on the show. Folks, if you haven't called in yet, there's still time. If you have a question or comment you want to weigh in, the number's on your screen there, 719-619-2341. But I want to talk about Israel and this, uh, this uh, really what we're seeing in American colleges and in the streets of our country. Now, there are still a lot of people in America that see see terrorism as evil, that are uh, compassionate with Israel. But the thing that's shocking uh, in the last uh, month has been the massive protests and anti, openly anti-Semitic um, 
conversations, uh, statements in the media, uh, demonstrations, the actual violence. I read about uh, a woman, a, a Jewish woman on a subway in New York who some thug just punched her right in the face simply and said that's because you're Jewish um, and, and students on college campuses being threatened and feeling unsafe and this is in the United States of America. I, I think that this is uh, tied into the end times. I think it is the spirit of Antichrist, but I'm just, and, and, and as well the decline of, uh, you know, that the, the gospel is being rejected by our nation right now. I'm not saying it's irreversible, but what, what's your take on all of this as uh, people are are, seems, seems like they never heard of the Holocaust, or if they did, they, they agree with it or thought it was, uh, was um, you know, maybe a, a, a fairy tale, and because they're embracing the exact same uh, ways of thinking and acting. Yes, yes, what and critical race theory is the same thing. It is basically racism. It's packaged to, to look like it's a, a, a bringing equity and it's going to lift people up, but it's putting down people while it's lifting someone up, and so it's the same inequality that we fought during any uh, civil rights movement or anything else. So yes, our schools, what we're seeing is the culmination of the last 40, 50 years of Marxism in our colleges, our universities, our school systems, where kids have not had parents. Moms and dads are so busy financially, they're working two and three jobs. The breakdown of the family, where uh, in our nation, over 50% of children are not growing up in a home with a mother and father. By the way, that's only 3% in China. So you have China, only 3% of children don't have a mother and father in the home, but in America, we have over 50%. So what we're seeing now is children that are angry, they've been raised by a school system and peers and, and celebrity culture, they've been playing games that are violent. Uh, all of these things are attributing now to they're angry and they're coming out now and they're pawns for the school system. They're pawns for liberal ideologies and Marxist ideologies that have been pushed on them. They've not heard real, uh, the real history of our nation. They've not uh, been taught to honor our nation, to respect it. They've not been taught the fights that were fought to give them freedom and freedom of speech, that they could even say such things. And so these are being driven. We look at our professors across the universities and we can see uh, Marxist ideology. We can see conservatism being silenced over the last years, and we've we really let this happen. And now it is a wake-up call. So, if anything, it's showing us just how horrible these ideologies are now coming to a head. And now we have children who are coming, young adults that are doing violent acts. They are mm -hmm. the perpetrators of violence. Isaiah three, when Israel was facing destruction and um, slavery to Babylon. It says in Isaiah 3, in the last days, the oppressors will be youth led by the women. And so mm. we see this. We see this. I'm a woman. Uh, I'm just saying that this whole ideology that we've grown up with, that I grew up with, the feminist movement to emasculate men, to call men toxic, it is an evil agenda to attack authority. The only way you can get the children is to remove the fathers, the dads, the protection. So now you have mm -hmm. men and women against each other. Men are no longer honored. Women uh, are no longer upholding uh, roles that, uh, that men can be protectors and leaders and that they're valuable. Atlantic Magazine years back wrote an article, the end of men is near. <laughs> I believe the end of parenting has happened and we must say no, enough. We are done with these lies. We're gonna reclaim the family. 
We're going to model marriage. We're going to model what God's kingdom looks like. We're going to speak boldly, courageously. We're going to pull our children out of their systems. We're going to pull them out of a public school system. We're not going to let our children uh, be lied to. We're not going to let these ideologies and curriculums be shoved down their throat. Uh, we're going to pull the phone away if we need to. Uh, I know one father, he went to the fifth grade Christian school. He wrote all the parents and said, could we, as parents, stick together? Who would be open to not buying phones for our children? Because we know mm. the harms of TikTok and social media. TikTok is now joined with Disney, by the way, two evil empires coming together to target our children. And, and Disney is unabashedly just going yeah. for it. So is Target. Target has a Christmas pride collection. We need to continue to say, no, we're not spending our money with you. Don't yeah. give them your hard-earned dollars. Don't let them groom your children. Uh, don't let these things happen. And back to what you said about Israel is an atrocity. But if we don't understand history, we will repeat it. It is very clear. So we haven't talked about the Holocaust. We haven't taught about the wars and what we fought to gain and how there's a price for freedom and people gave their lives for our freedom. And our children need to know our history. They need to understand the Holocaust. They need to understand what uh, critical race theory really is and that how it is evil and how it does bring, Marxism does bring us into communism. It is soft peddling communism till you get to the place where there's absolute yeah. control. Well, our you children, know, we... Parents have to wake up first though. Well, we uh, earlier we were talking about how can any sane person look at um, biological males competing in women's sports and thinking that's fair. Same kind of question. How can any sane moral person look at what the terrorists did in Israel and say that that was justified, say that they stand in support of Hamas that wants to eradicate the nation of Israel? Their whole slogan is from, um, from the river to the sea. In, and now they're saying in our lifetime, from the river to the sea. And that means the extermination of the Jewish people. Make no mistake about it. And we have all of these thousands and thousands of people in our own country who are endorsing this, politicians standing behind it. Um, is, is this what you call, uh, you know, um, uh, what, what does it say in, in Romans? Uh, when, when God turns you over, you know, a reprobate, mind, a, a reprobate mind, yes. are these reprobate minds that we're talking about here? Yes, yes, they are demonically inspired. And that's why we have to recognize this is a spiritual battle. We take authority over strongholds, spiritual principalities, power, might, dominion. We're not dealing with this with the person as much as we're dealing with the demons, the spirits, mm, the amen. entities behind them. That's why yeah. churches also must embrace the Holy Spirit yes, and the power of the deliverance that Jesus brings. Mm -hmm. uh, there's spiritual warfare. And so we have seen more and more people getting delivered at our altars, people coming in, manifesting demonic uh, presentation, and we're going to see more of that. And with the churches must know how to handle that. I talk about that in the end of the book of they are coming for your children because we need to be able to bring deliverance to these young people that have been uh, united with demonic spirits through sexual activity, through sin, through exposure to pornography and perversion. Spirit entities come and start to control their thoughts and their actions, and they want freedom, but they don't know how to get free. Mm. That is the church's responsibility. So we have yeah. to be able to preach and teach the word of God and get them delivered as Jesus cast out devils, uh, delivered them from the spiritual, spiritual darkness. There is a spirit of delusion over the culture, and uh, this is a spirit of Antichrist, and they've been given over to a spirit 
but we can, when people want freedom, we can bring that freedom to them and bring salvation and deliverance. And this is the church's finest hour for every evil oppressor. God raises up a, uh, you know, for every giant, a there's a David, a mm -hmm. deliverer. Uh, Moses was targeted because he was a deliverer. And Pharaoh mm -hmm. said, kill all the baby boys that are born. When Jesus was born, Herod said, kill all the baby boys to and under. I believe this generation of children are being targeted because they're gonna bring back, usher in the Lord Jesus Christ and his return. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. our, uh, we absolutely, they're being targeted we as the church must rise up and go save the children, just like Rome in Roman days, when they would throw those babies over the over the uh, you know city wall. Christians would take those babies if they were still living, nurse them back to health, give them a burial if they weren't. The church right now must be God's rescue plan for these yeah. kids, for these youth. We must do everything to reach them. Every church, I don't care what group or background, we must target the enemies. Targeted the kids. We must fight the enemy off of these children and bring them into God's kingdom and salvation. And I believe there's Deborah's among them. There's Elijah's among them that are going to stand up to the prophets of Baal. Uh, there are, you know, David's are going to sling, uh, release that shot against the giants and bring them down. God always has a plan and we are part of that plan. So we should not be uh, sad, depressed, discouraged, fearful, but we must fight like heaven. I like heaven. Well, Dorinda, can you take a question and answer it in one minute? Sure, I'll try. Okay. All right. Well, we've got another caller on the line. This is Jonna from Texas. Jonna, um, we've only got a minute left. Uh, what's your question for Pastor Drenda? Just finishing the follow through on where she mentioned, thank you so much, Drenda. You mentioned the problem in the women, the oppression being children led by women. And the thought occurred to me, the teen pregnancy issue and how far back that started. Can you speak yes. to that, please? Yes. Uh, you know, to get children to be promiscuous was part of the plan. You yeah. cannot bring a cure unless you bring a problem. And so they created a problem. You get children promiscuous and now abortion is the answer. And they made how, many, how much money was made off abortion and even selling baby parts we learned in recent years. And so transgenderism, same thing. You gotta create a problem. You indoctrinate them in the schools and with celebrities. And now the hospital has the answer. Let's go and cut their bodies off. You know, let's change their body parts. Let's do all these things to them. So these are all agendas that make lots of money to elitists who want to control you and I. Wow. Very serious stuff. Well, you know, praise God that the light cannot comprehend the darkness. The light right. will not overcome the darkness and the light is in us and we have the power to speak the truth and uh, to turn this thing around. So, you know, uh, folks, uh, you've been watching the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. My guest today has been uh, Pastor Drenda Kasi, and I just want to thank you again, Pastor, for coming on the show. Thank you to Gary for all the work you guys are doing there. It's been so great to have you on. And I wanted to remind everybody to mark your calendars for the heart of Christmas, December 8th through the 10th, the live nativity, December 15th through 17th. And Truth and Liberty subscribers, watch for an email. It's coming soon on how you can tune in and be a part of the program that's going to take place on December 5th at Museum of the Bible. Well, that's all the time we have for today. God bless you all. We'll see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. 
Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty 